A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Matchball 30 sponsored by Calidus, leading consultants in health and safety, project management, asset management, environmental services and training. Visit wearecalidus.com for more information. The Matchball. Welcome to the show as we round the final corner of the Matchball 30, our game by game journey through 1991, 1992 with a Matchball on the 30th anniversary of each match. Dan with you, with Michael and Moscow White. And today, Easter Monday, April the 20th, Coventry City at Ellen Road. But let's not talk about Leeds United first. Let's talk about what's happened at Old Trafford. As you're well aware, our game, late kickoff, because they're splitting the kickoffs now, which doesn't somehow seem fair, having the, uh, the schedules all over the place. But... A nervy afternoon potentially in store at Ellen Road because Man United have bloody well lost. Left the door open. They've left. Let us have a little look. We're, we're back in it. Just the, about. The goalkeeper left the door open. It's a terrible effort for their first goal. This guy, Schmeichel's supposed to be good. They're like, oh, we've got the best goalkeeper in the league, blah, blah, blah. Just thrown the ball in for their first goal. Well, Easter Saturday left us two points behind Man United and they had a game in hand. So they've now played that game in hand against Nottingham Forest a little bit earlier on and lost 2-1. Scott Gemmell getting the winner inside the last 10 minutes. Uh, I mean, how did you experience this? Through peering through your fingers from hiding behind the sofa? We, we were in the car park at, at Ellen Road before we went into um, into the Coventry game. The car park just, uh, just next to McDonald's and everybody was just stood around listening to car radios, chewing the fingernails and the cheer that went up at full time when this... Um, Result was announced, and the goal as well. When the goal went in, listening to the commentary on uh, on Radio Five, absolutely unreal, unreal, unexpected as well. Because Nottingham Forest basically didn't have any defenders for this game either, so they had um, Clough playing in defence, and Brian it, it might as well have been. It's um, it was very, very much pieced together was their side. Um, you would never have picked Nigel Clough, who is about what is he, seven stone, dripping wet, and as a as central, 12, 12 central years old defender. as well. Yeah, about twelve. He looks like a like a horrible little ghost child. <laughs> and uh, yeah, somehow putting him in defence. I mean, Scum did score one, but you'd expect them to score more. I mean, what an absolutely incredible result in that. Like you say, Michael, it's it's left the door open now for a potential title running because, I mean, it was looking done and dusted, wasn't it? But they dropped points Easter Saturday. They've dropped points again today, Easter Monday. Just two points in it. How are you feeling? They're still favourites, aren't they? You know, it's in their hands essentially, isn't it? But just the the last couple of results, lose uh, drawing against Luton, just and then losing this one, just little signs of stress in there, which is uh, 
it gives us a chance, doesn't it? Which I don't think we. I thought I think we we kind of assumed we'd blown it a few weeks ago. I think that's the difference. Is the stress levels are very noticeably different. Maybe in the dressing rooms, Moscow, but bloody hell, that car park was awful this afternoon. Yeah, well, that's part of the the difference. Is Ferguson is out in the press all the time, banging on about what they're going to do to win the league. Whereas Howard Wilkinson is kind of floating through it, just going like, well, there's not a lot we can do apart from win the games and see what happens. And I think that is um, playing its part in the way that the teams are playing because Scum, if they're at their best, should not be losing to Nottingham Forest and yet look at the state of them. I mean, we're two or three weeks on from drawing at home to West Ham and then getting spanked 4-0 at Man City when, truthfully, those two results were... It looked like that had probably probably been the final nail for us, but turns out they're shit too. It might be the best thing to have happened to us if just kind of take the pressure off, put all the uh, um because since it's been scums to win, they've bottled it. I mean, Christ, how we're still in this, I don't know, with only what, one win in five games before today. Drew with Arsenal, drew with West Ham, lost at Man City, we beat Chelsea, as you know, but then joined at Liverpool. We shouldn't still be in this. I mean the the draws at either end of that are kind of all right. You know, a point at Highbury point at Anfield, both decent results, but yeah. The... I mean, they've got to go to Anfield of Man United, so that's going to be tough. There's probably, I mean, the opponents we have today say something about what you can do if you just don't lose games because Coventry aren't good. They've only won once in the last 13, but five of those games were nil-nil draws. And so they're sort of working their way up, up the table a little bit just by making themselves really difficult to beat, harder to beat than uh, Manchester United at the moment, it turns out, unless Leeds are playing them. So their remaining games, they have three. They've got West Ham away, who are obviously relegated already. That's through the week, another couple of days' time. You've got Liverpool away next weekend, and then Spurs at home. It's it's still in their hands, isn't it? Particularly around the West Ham game, but that Liverpool one's not going to be easy. And if it goes to the final day, then, I mean, Christ, who knows what's going to happen there. And if it does go to the final day, we could both be on telly, both games, it's a glimpse into the future, is this? All these games being moved around. But yes, they're going to show um, they're going to show both us against Norwich and Scum Spurs on the last day, which means it'll be moved to the Sunday, um, and it'll be switching around all the footage between the two. Apparently, right? Exciting. A Look. simulcast. It'll be like a, a, what, sorry, a simulcast. Right. Okay. What's that? What's that then? Everything on at once. It's Bloody like hell. when they have um, those telethons, like twenty-four hour TV fundraising things, just flicking back and forth. Like Comet Relief. Maybe Alex Ferguson will put a red nose on. Oh, he doesn't have to. Got some of the financial details of this. Football League they offered a million a million quid for this deal. I presume that's like from advertisers and stuff like that. And then we would each get 150 grand of that. Why do we only get that much? That's the slightly confusing element. You think, well, who gets the rest? Well, it's, I think there's an element of this being the last gasps of the Football League before the Super League takes over next season in it and all going to... Uh, Sky and advertising stuff, everything's going to be on the satellite for subscriptions. So this is their last last throw of the dice to get some advertising money in. Um, I don't know why we should get so little of it, but I guess it's the Football League that they need to convince. Like, we are just sort of innocent bystanders where our fixtures are concerned, as, as it has been since the 1960s and 70s, when Leeds games were constantly being wedged into the least convenient moments to guarantee we would not win. We just have to sit back while the football league go, yes, we'll take a million pounds and screw Leeds United. Well, um, there could be a change at the top today if we beat Coventry. There's been a change at the top yesterday. You know, we only played at Anfield two days ago. 
big events in between times. Finally, Shakespeare's sister gets knocked off number one. You see that? Stay. Mm -hmm. Everyone got a bit tired of that, did they, by the end? Yeah, a little bit. Not quite Brian Adams levels, but it overstayed its welcome. Have you seen the new number one? I've seen it. I've bought it. Oh, yeah. I had it, had it, had it on just this morning. Right, it's right, said Fred. Deeply Dippy has taken the number one spot in the in the charts. Great song. Um, great, great bunch, and great a great bunch, bunch of lads. Yeah. Great yeah. bunch of haircuts. Mm, very much so. A high watermark for the charts, are we saying? I can only see them going from strength to strength <laughs> after this. They're going to be around. They're probably the new Beatles, probably, I'd say. Mm. That sort of level. Certainly, I think they'll be culturally significant in the absence of Duncan Goodhue ever recording a record. This is probably the nearest we'll get. To a nervous Ellen Road then and the lineups. Leeds United with John Lukic in goal, John Newsom number two, Tony DiRigo three, Batty four, Fairclough five, White six, Strachan seven, Wallace eight, Chapman nine, McAllister ten and Speed eleven with Cantona and Schutz to attackers on the bench. Coventry lining up with Steve Grizovic, Andy Pierce, Brian Burrows, Peter Atherton, Kenny Sansom, Mickey Jinn, Lloyd McGrath, Stuart Robson, Sean Flynn, Kevin Gallagher, Paul Furlong with Dean Emerson and Peter and Love on the bench, uh, managed by Don Howe. So um, Terry Butcher's um, reign as manager. Didn't last that long then. No, now they've got... Uh, Don Howe was an assistant to Jimmy Arnfield when he was Leeds manager and was, kind of, was in the running a few times to be full-time boss. He was at QPR for a while recently. Now he's, now he's here, along with... Um, Mickey Jin is the other notable name of Bet Noir from the 1987 FA Cup semi final. Yeah, still quite fresh in the memory, that one. I know it's like, you know, five years ago, but still it, it hurt. I suppose Steve Grusevich would have been there as well. But I mean, Steve Grusevich has been Coventry's goalkeeper <laughs> for about 100 years, so that's no surprise. The significant detail here is that Gordon Strachan, who sat out the Liverpool draw a couple of days ago, is now back in the lineup and barring Mel at right back, who's obviously out injured at the minute. It's our strongest one to 11 there, isn't it? Good to know Strachan isn't properly broken because the way he disappeared from that Liverpool squad did make you think, mm, is this his season done? In the same way as you know, when when Mel got injured, it was one of those. Well, well, we'll, we'll kind of see on it, but yeah, it was obviously just um, too many games in too few days for an old man. Bit of a tricky one as well, potentially this for Leeds with Coventry um, gurgling around the plug hole near the bottom of the table. They're trying to stave off relegation here. They're only a point or two out of this one, uh, so they need to be careful. So it's difficult, isn't it, facing teams that are sort of fighting for their lives down at the bottom when you need to get a win. Thankfully, we know that Leeds United got the the win, a 2-0 televised win, but let's face it, it was bloody horrible, wasn't it? All, all things considered. It was horrible until we scored. Mm. Once we'd got the goal, everything seemed much simpler and Leeds seemed to find. They looked much more like themselves after we were 1-0 up and going for a second. But unfortunately, it took a long, long time to get that goal and the tension... And the scrappiness and the just, yeah, awful grind that this match was until that point was um, probably the only way it could could have been. And the nerves, the anxiety manifesting itself in songs as well. We've had some good Are You Watching Manchester's from the cop and scum, scum, scum as well. So uh, at least the fans are still up for it rather than going uh, and hiding in their shells. It's always the case with Ellen Road though, isn't it? It was a strange half because there was... Very little threat from commentary, apart from when we occasionally gifted them chances. And it felt like we would always probably win this. But until we until we did... I was going to say, the stakes are so high, aren't they, that you're just never quite sure. There was a... Wallace probably had the best chance of the first half. There was a, a cross into him and it was... Um, he tried to take it on his left foot, kind of on the... Stroking it in on the volley and he just got it completely wrong and it ended up under his feet and it was... Uh, and then they broke from down the other end and nearly scored Gallagher getting in behind Newsom and 
just little moments like that where you feel the whole season can kind of turn on it if it just goes if it just goes wrong for you. Uh, but we did get away with it. If Coventry had a striker, things may have been different, but they've not got a real good goal scorer up top. What bit of Paul Furlong kicking the turf <laughs> while attempting to shoot would suggest that. And then um, did he miss the ball and just kick the floor? Well, he gets some ball, doesn't he? But it it doesn't go very far because he's taken a lot of grass with it. And you can tell there's a lot at stake because Strachan being watched and marked very, very closely by Coventry. McAllister getting a little bit of roughhouse treatment as well. Yeah, Robson booked. Yeah, he does an awful tackle on halfway. It's um, McAllister's lucky enough that he kind of half sees it coming so he can get out of the way of it. But it's um, it's a full leg breaker if he if he doesn't manage to avoid it. So uh, Robson booked for that. I feel like the first half was neither Strachan or McAllister could really get hold of it, and it felt like. Coventry's plan was more or less working in that they were just kind of stopping any creativity and they set up as if they'd come for a nil-nil pretty much, which I think there's, that's why when we scored fairly early in the second half, it just meant they were, they'd run out of ideas. They were like, oh, well, yeah, that's it then. So, so the first half punctuated by those chances around the, the half-hour mark, but yeah, um, not a lot happening there. So into the second half, although it did start off with um, a bit of... Uh, a bit of twitchy arses uh, because this was a nervous, a nervous kickoff to the start of the second half. Yeah, there's a ball bouncing quite harmlessly through to Lukic. Furlong's flicked it on. Chris White's kind of in the vicinity as well, but you're thinking, well, White's just leaving this. Lukic is gathering it. Yeah, we've seen it loads of times. Lukic goes to gather it. He manages to fumble it up off his chest and then it bounces off White's hip and then it bounces back off Lukic. And we're kind of lucky that when it does, it goes, it does at least bounce wide. It does, but it does break to them though. It does go to Gallagher, yeah, but yeah. It, it's thankfully gone wide, wide enough and it's taken him long enough to get there that White is able to get back in and stuff. But what, what are they doing? It's, I mean, it's Lukic's fault, as far as I can gather, because, you know, just pick it up. And, it's not, <laughs> and this isn't a problem. But for some don't, reason. Don't lose your concentration now. Have you seen what's at stake? But for some reason, Wilco's calming words ringing in his ears. He's obviously in an absolute panic and has forgotten how to do the most basic of stuff. And it's, um, yeah, it's not, it wouldn't have been the best of starts. They all seem to be just still thinking about whatever went on at half time. Has Wilco not been telling them to trust the swing, though, Moscow? What are they doing? Well, that must, maybe that was what all that was on their mind and they hadn't quite noticed that the game had actually started. Let's go inside Lukic's head. You know, you can catch a ball, John, can't you? Just catch a ball. It's the simplest thing in the world, Imagine catching a ball. Chapman forgets how to kick it not long after, doesn't he? Because uh, Batty sticks the header through for him. Touch off his chest, great. Second touch, no, no, nowhere. Put the leg in, Lee. Yeah, you can see him have a bit of a swing and a miss with the thigh as he tries to bring this under his control and it's, uh, it ends up just behind him. So yeah, it looked like he was in at one point. I mean, I Jesus. That was the crucial problem is that he needed to bring it under control, which is never Lee Chapman's <laughs> forte if he'd been able to just bang it. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a US-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Nerves dissipated a little bit, but you could tell in the celebrations at 1-0 at 53 minutes that it was relief as much as joy in this one. With everything that's at stake, talk us through it. I mean, a classic goal. 
straight off the training ground this one surely uh, yeah but maybe not quite it was um, a free kick from kind of roughly halfway inside their half and White does well to, to win the initial header but then uh, Burrows tries to clear it and just kicks it about a mile up in the air Agrizovic starts coming out for it but then Fairclough's there first and just, just nods it over him as he comes out for it it's um, it's an ugly goal there's, there's some credit in this to Lee Chapman bizarrely because when Brian Burrows is going to clear it in the six yard box he sort of turns around and he almost has this atmosphere of knowing what he's about to do then he sees Lee Chapman is right behind him and suddenly, instead of comfortably clearing the ball out of the penalty area, he's just hoofing it straight up in the air over his head backwards. And I think he's gone into full panic mode when he sees deadly Lee Chapman bearing down <laughs> on him, not realising that, I mean, Fairclough has only scored, this is only his second goal of the season, but we have he has had this habit of scoring vital goals at vital times. I suppose it didn't really work in the, the promotion season when he scored against Barnsley because we ended up losing, but that was his famous one with a headband on. But... It's appropriate that uh, Chris Fairclough should score this as being, you know, he was signed at the same time as Gordon Strachan in the season before we got promoted. So March 1989 was when him and Strachan and Carl Schutz all arrived and uh, they were kind of the first. Him and Strachan have just been such a huge part of getting us to this point and um, you could sort of see, well, he didn't really look like he understood what it was all about. I think he was a bit stunned to have, put the ball in and it took some of the other players to come over and go that's really good what you've done there for it to sink in on him he's like oh yeah it is it actually isn't it that this was is really important, important. <laughs> was he as stunned as Steve Grizovich was a few minutes after well we saw the smelling salts I mean it didn't, didn't look great a fair tackle yeah <laughs> David Batty on his face stroke neck I think when we were talking about uh, Stuart Robson's tackle on McAllister before <laughs> no no this one was fine <laughs> yes we do have midfielders who are also capable of um, uh, well raking their studs down somebody's throat. <laughs> I mean, we did almost score before this, it's worth saying. Speed does really well, kind of bursting through from midfield and their defence is all pushing out as he's going the other way, so it kind of catches them all off balance. Atherton gets back to block the shot, then McAllister puts it, has another shot which hits Grizovic in the face and that's where the trouble starts for in him. In the face? In the face, because then he has to go and collect the loose ball, which Batty is also after. And Grizovic gets the ball. They're both committed. Grizovic gets the ball first. Mm-hmm. And he's going very much with the top end of his body, his, mm-hmm. his hands and head. Which are, is traditional for a goalkeeper. Are up there, whereas Batty yeah. is going with the feet. Yep. And he doesn't... And the two meet somewhere. He doesn't yeah. quite reach. No. Uh, yeah, it looks quite bad, does this? And Grizovic is down for quite some time. I mean, his nose is all over the place. Oh, oh, sorry, that's, that's already the case. But yeah, he's, he's got, he kind of got a cut across his cheek and on his throat from this. Almost like somebody's kicked him right in the face yeah in the and, face. I, and I think he's taken a bit of a knee to the head as well at the same time because it seems to have the cut in itself I don't think would have required smelling salts but I think he's been a bit knocked out possibly as well so from this point on you kind of think okay well we can probably win this now they've got um, they've got a crocked goalkeeper and, and straight from that actually because Grizovic is still recovering it's the defender has to take the goal kick in that which is always a good sign in that way that Sunday league teams have because sometimes the keeper can't kick it very far and just twats it straight at Chapman and you sort of think Okay, we've yeah. we've probably got this wrapped up now. And they test him a minute later, actually, as well. There's another another chance, but um, he manages somehow through his broken face to. Um, to if pull if there's a man out. who can recover from a broken face, it's Steve Grizovic. He's <laughs> he's done it many times before. Chappy with a chance, and then we see um, a change. Seventy five minutes. Cantona is on for Wallace. It's adding some kind of uh, randomness and something that Coventry don't want to be dealing with because the thing about the speed chance that led to. Grizovic getting uh, gently tickled on the cheek by Batty was we'd suddenly 
got this opportunity through the middle of Coventry looking very open and us, um, everything is very scrambly, but going through that gap and shooting at the old man in goal started to look like a, a way of working in Cantona. Coventry's defenders, Andy Pierce has done quite well dealing with Lee Chapman all day, mainly by fouling him. So that's been his job, marking him. And then they've marked Strachan. Um, so his influence has been reduced on the match. Cantona is probably something that Coventry's defenders are not particularly well set up for, especially when they're already knackered, they're a goal down, they're demoralised, goalkeeper's got a headache. It's all set up for him to just, just go on and you don't have to worry about the game plan too much, which has kind of been the, the problem with Cantona and where he fits into the team. Just go and run about Eric and wind them up and upset uh, well, them. Unfortunately, it seemed to upset our, uh, our defenders <laughs> rather than aid our attack just for one moment because they have a massive chance one that we definitely got away with because Undlove's come on by this point for Coventry causing a bit of chaos um, down the left ball goes into the box and then what, what are the defenders playing at? Yeah it looks like Dariga and White will probably deal with this and then they just don't and it drops to Flynn who's and he's kind of on the turn doesn't catch it brilliantly and it's it's actually not it's not too difficult to save for Lukic but it's one of those you think if he, if he either scuffs this or, hits it, or catches it really well it probably flies under Lukic or into a top corner. I was going to say it's like he's only penalty distance out here. Mm-hmm. He should really have done better so I think we definitely um, dodged a bullet there but in terms of things swinging in our favour penalty decision a disgraceful handball nine minutes from the end this was a bit this was a bit mad I mean you take it every day of the week don't you even though it probably wasn't handball I mean he did say afterwards it did touch his hand right so he did admit to that much, but I think it probably his leg was behind it anyway, and it looked it did look a little bit um, controversial, and then obviously was sent off as well. Which, which truthfully, two 0 at eighty one minutes being down to ten doesn't make a huge amount of difference. It's not like it's early in the game, but yeah, I mean, Cantona should have just put this in in the first place. To be honest, you know, we wouldn't have had to have this debate because his um, speed's gone gone through on goal again. Grizovic has come out to to block it, and it falls to Cantona, then who should really just put it? If he puts it into either corner, he just scores here, but he kind of. Puts it right down the middle, and the side foot, side foots it rather than twats it, doesn't it? Yeah, and then it's blocked with hand, stroke, arm, foot, leg, something, a bit of body, uh, and, and the linesman actually is the one who gives the decision. Yeah, it's quite weird. He well, he dives on the line, and it's either if his hand hadn't been there, it probably would have hit his thigh and stayed out anyway. But his hand is sort of in front of his leg, and then but the referee doesn't really do anything. He just then sort of gently brings the game to a, a, a halt rather than sort of giving a proper big blow on his whistle and then just wanders over to the linesman to see what he's saying and then when he comes back he doesn't do a like a definite point at the spot he's just kind of like waving his arm generally in the direction of the spot and then there's still there was this real big question of what is he actually giving here and it was probably only clear when he sent McGrath off which uh, Gordon Strachan was on the scene trying to say oh, come on you don't, you don't need to do that, right? Yes, yeah, if we've got a penalty, is there any need to do that as well? And um, certainly on the commentary, Brian Moore um, was absolutely apoplectic. I have not heard him. It was Brian Moore, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Absolutely disgraceful, he said, Moscow. And it's really, you rarely hear a commentator with the kind of the bite in their voice that he gives that way. This is absolutely disgraceful, as if he's going to get off the gantry and go running down to the pitch and get at the referee himself. What on earth do you think you're doing? It's the new rule, though, isn't it? Only following orders as the referee. If you um, stopping a goal scoring opportunity with a hand, I'm afraid it is a, it is a red, isn't it? And well, I say, given the um, the opportunity up at the other end that we uh, we got away with not so long ago, to then get given this feels like a bit of a gift at this stage with tension so high. And there's a big sense of relief when people realised inside Ellen Road 
what's happening. And then obviously when it gets put in, and it's McAllister who takes the penalty here and not Strack and puts it to Grizovic's left. Strack actually goes off a minute or two after this, doesn't he? Yeah, he's fucked. So, <laughs> he, he tries running and basically his body just won't, won't let him a few it, minutes later. Something around the back, hamstring, the whole the, the whole rear, <laughs> the, the rear facade of Strachan is broken. Something yeah. there. Yeah, somewhere uh, between somewhere between his, his knee and his back, he's knackered because yeah. he, he just he kind of pulls up Hopefully it's not too bad because yeah. we kind of need him. But um, massive sense of relief though when this penalty went in. I mean, you got to just you can just soak that up, can't you? And that's when the we're going to win the league chance start, which feels brave given that Man United have got to go to West Ham through the week and they're bottom. And Man United should uh, should win the league. But a nice moment, and we've given ourselves a chance because we're back top of the league, lads. We're back top of the league Easter Monday, and I think traditionally whoever comes out of Easter top of the league goes on to win the league as history would uh, generally dictate so can we um, can we keep up with that trend there's a question well the other thing about it is we were talking before about keeping the pressure off and all Howard Wilkinson's saying afterwards is that the important thing is that we've qualified for Europe so the, he's saying that the, the the race still goes on and that's fortunate and it's and he keeps kind of uh, kicking it down the road saying it, it, the more it looks like it's going to the last Saturday the better it is for us because we can stay in it but the real priority is we've qualified for Europe, so we've we've achieved something this season now, and it fits in with this whole strategy of saying that you know whatever is going to happen with the league title will happen. But we've qualified for Europe, so the pressure's off us because we've we've done something we set out to do, and we'll we'll stay in the title race and see how that that goes. But it's not our problem really; it's the other lot who seems to be really upset about it all. Good swing on the goal difference as well with the uh, them losing us winning. It puts us far ahead on that, which. You never know, might end up being the deciding factor in all this. Mm. I mean, it is worth adding as well that the picture at the end of the day looks so much better than the picture at the start of the day because Sheffield Wednesday won earlier in the day, went level on points with us. So they've really squeezed it here right towards the end, particularly because we'd had that little sort of bad run of form across the last five games. Such an important win today. Rest of the results, Arsenal 4, Liverpool 0 goes to show like how good our result was at Arsenal not too long ago, actually, when you look at that. Oh, was that a bad result at Liverpool? Uh, Villa 3-1 against Chelsea Everton 1 Man City 2 we beat Coventry of course 2-0 Man United losing 2-1 at home to Forest Notts County 1 Sheffield United 3 Oldham 1 Spurs 0 QPR 2 Luton 1 Sheffield Wednesday 2-0 against uh, Norwich which put them level with us before the start of our game West Ham losing 2-0 at home to Crystal Palace which doesn't really bode well for the, the midweek fixture against Man United but there you go uh, Wimbledon 0 Southampton 1 leaves us top played 40 76 points Man United played 39, 75 points. Sheffield Wednesday, back in contention, played 40, 73 points. Whew. I mean, Sheffield Wednesday needs to just stay out of this. <laughs> it's none of your business. It'll be a real anticlimax if they win it. Yeah. If the big, if the big lead scum title race turns out with Sheffield Wednesday winning it. Imagine Trevor Francis celebrating that. What would that sound like? Great. Um, the goal difference actually there. That's one pertinent thing. Sheffield Wednesday, although they are within three points of us, their goal difference is only plus 13, ours is 35. So hopefully we'll have enough with only two games left now to see them off. But bloody hell, that's, it's a lot tighter than um, we perhaps wish it to be. With Sheffield Wednesday anyway, with the with Scum, I think we're delighted it's this tight at this stage, mm. aren't we? Given it the way it was a few weeks ago. This is true, yeah. So just to reiterate, next fixture's coming up. West Ham through the week for Man United, then they go to Liverpool, then they've got Spurs. Uh, we've just got the two, Sheffield United away, and then Norwich at home. We've given ourselves a chance they're winnable, aren't they? From all lane, April the 26th. We'll see you there. The Match Ball. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.